Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. You see him leaning towards Sodom because he puts his tent towards Sodom. He wants to get a good view of it, a good look at it. You see him looking, you see him leaning. By the way, which way are you leaning? Are you leaning towards God or are you leaning towards the world? Because if you lean towards the world, you're going to find yourself living in Sodom. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Anyone who thinks they can get away with being as close to sin as possible without actually touching it is making a big mistake. In fact, when you try to do this, you're actually playing right into the devil's trap. In today's message, we get a real-life example of this as Pastor Ed teaches about Lot's choices. Lot selfishly pitched his tent near Sodom, but next time we see him, he's one of their leaders. We can't ever just be neighbors with sin. As soon as you lean toward it, you're bound to be living in it. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. There are some things that frighten me. Some chapters of the Bible that really bring a holy fear in my heart. One such chapter is Genesis chapter 19. It's a story of a man by the name of Lot. And I like to just refer to the whole chapter, but I'm going to read just verse 1. Two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. I'm going to stop there. If you took a poll of the most righteous man in Sodom, hands down, Lot would have won. In fact, they would have been a little aggravated with him because they would say, listen, he puts a damper on our parties. And Lot, I'll tell you, he actually censors us. He's just a little too strict. We think it's probably his relationship with Abraham that rubbed off on him. Righteous he was. The Bible says that he was a righteous man. But he was also a worldly man. Also a carnal man. And so Lot never reached his God-given potential. He never became the man he was destined to be, the man he was called to be, the man he was anointed to be. It all goes back to some decisions that he made. Some decisions that impacted all the days of his life. This man... Lot made some critical decisions, like many of you and I have to make, when we come to a fork in the road. The decisions he made set him in a direction, 
of ruin and destruction and loss. You could see from Lot's life that life revolved around self. That was the orbit of his existence, right around self. He lived all his days, all his decisions around self. You could see that in chapter 13 of Genesis. The text tells us that Lot looked up and saw the whole plain of Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. So Lot chose for himself. Let me give you the background. See, there was a controversy. There was a dispute between Lot and Abraham's herdsmen. They had both grown. They had both been blessed, and they had multiplied, and they had more than they could handle. And what happened was there was some contention that arose between the two camps. And Abraham being the better man, Abraham being the more mature man, gave up his rights and said to Lot, Lot, you choose whatever you want. If you take the right, I'll take the left. If you take this, I'll take that. I'll take the leftovers, Lot. You make the choice. Lot looks up. And he concentrates. He gazes. He studies the landscape. And he notices that the land of Sodom is well watered. It's beautiful. It's lush. And he chooses for himself the best That seemed like it was a good choice. I mean, he had his stake in the best real estate in the valley. He was going to come out number one. He was going to be on top. He knew what he was doing. Number one shouldn't be yourself. But when you make it yourself, you're headed towards a destructive end. When you make self the center of your life... It's on a downward spiral. God has set it up into our very being, into our nature, that whenever you choose to live for self, you move away from God. You know, the Bible text says in chapter 13 that he went eastward. Every time in Genesis up to this point, you see the phrase, when they move eastward, they were always moving away from God. Go into the third chapter, and Adam and Eve are going eastward. They're going away from God. Go into chapter 4, Cain kills Abel. He goes out from the presence of the Lord into the land of Nod, eastward. They decide to build this tower of Babel, and there's this movement of civilization, and they move eastward. Now here Lot is, and he's moving again. It's showing us that he's moving away from God. Whenever you go into self, you step away from God. You're moving away from him. Now you could see this downward progression. It's so clear. You see him, first of all, looking. In the Hebrew, the text is saying that he's gazing, he's studying. He's looking at what is best for himself. He has no idea that he'll forever regret that decision. That he'll live with the consequences of it. Not only he will live with it, but his children will live with it. He just looks. But he does something else. He leans. 
you see him leaning towards Sodom because he puts his tent towards Sodom. He wants to get a good view of it, a good look at it. You see him looking, you see him leaning. By the way, which way are you leaning? Are you leaning towards God or are you leaning towards the world? Because if you lean towards the world, you're going to find yourself living in Sodom. Don't misunderstand me. He had it good when he was living in Sodom. The first time in the Bible a house is mentioned, it's mentioned in Genesis chapter 19. Abram lived in tents. Lot had a house. Lot had some prestige now, and he had some influence now. But you know, Abraham chose to live for another world, another time. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10 it reads, For he looked forward to a city which foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Abraham always looked for that city that God was building, that home in heaven. Where are we investing our treasures, on earth or over there? One of the things that happens to you when you go on a missions trip is you never look at this world the same. You can't. You see in their abject poverty, Christians with a joy unspeakable. When you realize some people subsist on less than a dollar a day, cost you more for coffee, but yet, though their coffee cup is empty, their hearts are full of joy and peace. He forfeited the high calling. He forfeited what was best. He forfeited God. And he went in the direction of self. And self is always self-destructive. The direction and the path of the self-life always leads to destruction. It's always downward and never upward. It's always hell-bound and never heaven-bound. And that's where Lot is at this moment in his life. Remember what Jesus said. Whoever clings to this life will lose it. Whoever loses this life will save it. Luke 17, 33, the New Living Translation. Whoever clings to this life, that's what Lot was doing. He was clinging. He was holding because he made a fundamental mistake. His fundamental mistake was this. He put his trust in things. The best things in life are not things. The best things in life are simply not things. Not what you own, not what you drive, not what you wear. None of that really is life. We'll make a tragic mistake if we travel the road of self. Because we'll put the wrong values on life. The wrong price tags will be placed on the things that we pursue. He was attracted to position and to power and to prestige. He was going to be a somebody. He's at the city gate now. See, there was a conscious decision that he made, not only to live for himself, but to live for the world. It says it right in the text. Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. Let me take you back to that city. In the gateway, the city fathers sat there. The people who judged issues, those who had power and position. Some commentators feel that Lot was the mayor of the city. I don't know. 
But the text is telling us when it says he sat in the gateway of the city that he was important in Sodom. Oh, maybe it was because his uncle had delivered Sodom from the invading kings that had captured them. And they wanted to keep relationships with Abraham, and so maybe they elevated Lot, and he took that position in Sodom. Whatever the reason was, he was going to be somebody. Listen, don't take the world's somebody. Let God make you who he's called you to be. I was reading an article in the Dallas Morning News, and this was an article a number of years ago, And it was a comment on our culture. Listen to what this insightful author states. Just like fast food chains and name brand clothes, the movies and the television have become America's culture glue. We have a thriving need to be identified. And some of the unusual anchorings, our sense of religion, our sense of family culture, aren't there anymore. Who we are is not who our parents are. It's who we identify with. So now we have these new outlets, the Disney stores, the Planet Hollywoods. We buy our identities with a pair of Nikes or, or, or. How do we find our identity? A lot found it in Sodom. And he found it by sitting at the gate. He was a man to be reckoned with, someone to be noticed. Titles and positions. Let God give you your identity. I like when God does it. Abram, I'm changing your name to Abraham. You're going to be a father of a multitude. I like when God names us. Jacob, you're going to be Israel. A prince with God and a prince with man. Peter, you've been shaken like a reed. I'm going to make you into a rock. See, let God give you your identity, your relationship with him, your relationship to him. Let that create in you that sense of destiny and meaning and purpose in life. Don't buy into the media, into the television. And they'll say, listen, if you drive this car or if you drink this drink or if you wear these clothes, you will be. That's the world's way. God's way is found on our knees and in his word. And then he tells us, son, daughter, I have a purpose for you. It seems that sins always come in twos. The first sin is to turn away from God. And the second is trying to replace him. And that's what Lot is doing. He had moved away from God, and now he's trying to replace him with all sorts of things that never fully satisfy his soul. He goes for worldly significance and worldly honors and worldly titles. He chooses mammon instead of the master. You know what his life is like? Well, you say, Pastor, look, he's living in a home. Abraham's in the tent. He's in the city gate. Abraham's out in some field in some dusty area. Look, Lot's really made some advancements for himself. He must be a happy guy. No, 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 no. Don't judge by the outward. Don't evaluate 
by what a man drives or how he dresses or how he looks or the titles or positions that he may have. Don't make any of the judgments that way. Let me show you his heart. Peter looks into his heart and he makes this insightful comment on his life. When he says in 2 Peter 2, 7 to 8, And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who is distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds that he saw and heard. He was distressed. He was tormented. He was miserable. A Christian indulging in the world could never be a happy person. The blesseds are found in obeying God. The blesseds are found in the way of the righteous, not in the way of the wicked, not in sitting with those who sit at the gate of Sodom. You can't hold on to this world and try and hold on to God. You can't try and love this world and be loyal to God. Your love will betray your loyalty. What you love, you will give your life to. And that's what Sodom is doing in Lot's heart. He is giving himself more and more and more and more to it. Lot is all wrapped up in his decision. His future is all bound up in his choices. And so are yours. And so are mine. We are where we are today because of where we were yesterday. Our history can be wrapped up in the decisions that we make because that determines our destiny. I want you to see his decisions and their outcome. What was the outcome of his life? How did it fare with him? The decisions determine your future. You could see his outcome. When he goes to Sodom for a while, it looks good. It feels good. But in the end, the losses he suffers are incredible. He loses his family. In chapter 19, verse 14, there he is talking to his future son-in-laws. Now, you know, the future son-in-laws should try and please their future father-in-law. And at least they might have said, as he pleaded with them, leave the city, it's going to be destroyed. Now, he had seen angels. He had witnessed a miracle. People were blinded, and as they were blinded, they couldn't get into that house. He had... He had known a divine visitation, but yet he couldn't save his future son-in-laws. They thought he was joking, a real jokester. If we don't love God and we're making small, big decisions away from God, we're living for self, we're deciding for this world, our words will have no power on anybody. We won't even be able to convince those close to us. There he was, pleading with them. I mean, not only did he lose, I would think the son-in-laws would have thought, listen, hey, you know, he's a little off. Let's go out to the city with him, spend a day or two, and then we'll come back. He couldn't get them to budge. Not only did he lose those future son-in-laws, but he lost his wife. See, her heart never left Sodom. And she suffered the consequence 
that the inhabitants of Sodom suffered because she was still there. She never left that city. How many know it's hard to get the world out of your spirit once you walk into it? Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it's a lifelong battle. Don't even go there. Don't even walk there. Don't make it the place of your abode. You could see Christians, if they really live for Christ, a generational blessing going down. Sometimes it's later on in life they come to the Lord, but there is a blessing in families. In New York State, a man by the name of Max Jux. Now, this man didn't believe in Christ. He didn't go to church. He didn't want his children to go to church, even when they wanted to go. He had 1,000... 26 descendants. Listen to what happened to them. 300 were sent to prison for an average of 13 years. 190 were public prostitutes. 680 admitted to alcoholism. His family cost the state in excess of $420,000. That was years ago. They made no contribution to society. At the same time that Max Jux lived in New York State, Another famous man lived as well. His name was Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards loved the Lord. And he saw that his children would go to church every single Sunday. He had 929 descendants. Of these, 430 were ministers. 86 became university professors. 13 became university presidents. 75 authored good books. Five were elected to the United States Congress. Two to the Senate. One was a vice president of his nation. Lot could have had such an incredible blessing. He could have been a blessing to his children, to his posterity. But no, he chose because of worldly advantage to live in Sodom. And there are some people that move so close to the world that they lose the influence on their family and their children and they lose their children. Now, Lot made it, I believe, into heaven. But I don't know about his children. When I think about what happened in Lot's family, he had Moab and Ammon. The Moabites and the Ammonites were his descendants. And they were a thorn in the flesh to Israel. They were filled with sensuality and sin and rebelled against God. Look at Abraham. Abraham would have children like the stars of heaven and the sands of the sea. We are the posterity of Abraham. He lost his whole family. Father, spend your time in the book on your knees with God. Mom, don't be so caught up in this present world that you don't prepare your children for a world to come. What influence are we allowing our children to have? How are they being influenced? They should love the presence of God. They should love to worship God. They should love to be with God's people. Listen, choose rather to have your children influenced by the presence of God and the things of God than the things of this world. They can go to Harvard and they can go to Yale and they can go to Princeton and that's fine. Christians can do that as well. But if they don't have a love for God... You've impoverished them. He lost not only his family, but he lost his possessions. He went into Sodom a rich man. He went with servants, maid servants, men servants. He went with all sorts of wealth. 
He went in with a lot of things, an entourage. How did he come out? As one saved by fire. We leave everything behind and we take nothing with us. We're so glad you joined us again today as Dr. Ed Jones has been taking us through the life of Abraham. Have you found these messages encouraging, challenging, or faith-building? Would you like to share them with your friends? You can find copies of this series and many others from Pastor Ed online at buildinginfaithradio.com. While you're there, click on the Back to Home page link and check out the church behind the ministry of Building in Faith. Faith Assembly is located in Poughkeepsie, New York, and we'd love to see you at one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower and to worship God together. This faith setting is a great place to get your questions answered and have deeper discussions in the Word and to build a support network of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll be able to find out more about the people and ministries of Faith Assembly by giving us a call at 845-462-5955. We pray continually for our listeners and love it when we get to hear from them. If you ever have any specific requests we can join you in praying for, please don't hesitate to call. Once again, that number is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us again next time as Dr. Ed Jones continues through the life of Abraham, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.